This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! Welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast. I'm Jenny, and I am one of the hosts here. I run all the operations at a coffee company called Modest Coffee. And it's my turn. I am Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I've been the employee of the month at Modest Coffee for 35 consecutive months. Yeah, and so we're a podcast about coffee, and we like to try a interesting slash questionable coffee, and we are committed to giving no bad reviews. So somehow we're going to find something not bad to say about today's coffee, which is spicy taco coffee. Mm-hmm. So mm. this is going to... Hi, caramba. This is going to really... It's really going to push us, I think, to become like really committed to our cause. <laughs> this is one of the first coffees that was gifted to us. Yeah. Yeah, by a listener, my yeah. childhood best friend, Megan. And Thanks, also Megan. the coffee that made me want to stop podcasting. <laughs> yeah, when we opened this, Marcus was like, I quit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I was thinking. I like spicy chocolate. So maybe I'll like spicy coffee. Have you smelled this through the vent? No. Maybe you should do that. Put your nose right up in there. It's do an th- awfully early olfactory reveal. No, no, don't open it. Just do a little hint, a smell hint. Do you smell that like taco seasoning flavor smell? Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh-oh. It smells like cherries. I don't, there's like a sweetness to the smell that I don't understand. Paprika maybe. When it was fresher? Maybe mm. I got like a more mm-hmm. taco seasoning odor to it. So that's a little hint of what we're doing as a podcast here. <laughs> if you're a new listener, this will be an interesting episode, I think. Wait. Are you noticing the personalization? Yes, I just fucking noticed the personalization. <laughs> it looks like what they do is they have their label, like their regular label template, and then you can add customization to it. So this one has this customized text that goes over the label that says drip grind so thank god to (laughs) megan for ordering a drip grind we didn't have to put spicy taco flavored whole beans in our grinder and then it says no bad review with two question marks Mm -hmm. oh my god this is awesome we have to give it no bad review. I wonder what... <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. Um, yes, we do. But I wonder if the person who was typing that in was like, what the fuck does this mean? So in true American fashion, the way Americans like to take people's cultural experiences and then bastardize them yes. for their Put own... Put them in a coffee bag and sell them. And then like decide to build a podcast episode around this stereotype, weird, spicy taco thing. We decided to do Cinco de Mayo <laughs> as our research to go with this coffee. Um, so yeah, after doing my research, I was like, yes, that is the most American decision that we could have made. Yes. Um, born out of all the ignorance of being a white American. I'm just going to call it out right now. I think it's okay to be an ignorant white American as long as you can like recognize it and then be like, wow, 
That was kind of stupid of me. I would like to be better next time. This whole episode gave me some real thinking about um, how we exploit other people's cultures and kind of serve our own. Uh, Like we can take the parts that we like, but not all the parts. Mm -hmm. And that's just so common here in the United States. And maybe it happens other places. I don't know. All of my experiences is here as a white person growing up in the United States and the ways that I was fed information in school and how that's not actually the way it is. So like kind of opening your eyes and saying, oh, wow. I'm a part of this system. This is the and woke okay. episode, by This the is way. the woke episode. This is me going on a woke tangent, yeah. yeah. I just want to say, because I think it's a trigger for some white people to be told, you grew up in, like, this white bubble, and I don't think that people want to be racist or stereotyping. So I think when it's called out that you're a part of this system that does this, I think there's a lot of people who take that personally and are like, but no, I'm not. But I think to be able to acknowledge that the system exists. That's a first step. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it doesn't make you a bad person that you were born into a system. Right. right. It is what it is. Well, you said a word, too, that I think is really indicative. You said fed, right? Like, we're fed this culture, and then we consume the bits that we like. And, you know, kind of leave the rest on the plate for, you know, it's like, well, that's somebody's culture. So I'm excited to explore this a little bit. Well, and I think, like, you know, as the United States being a melting pot... That is, I I don't think that that is outside of what could be expected. We're kind of this social experiment. When you have all of these people merging together, people are going to see different cultures and they're going to be like, wow, that's actually pretty cool. Like, I want to take that and experience it myself. And so I feel like we've been doing that a lot for the past hundred or so years is taking these things, maybe because we're all just curious, like little monkey humans you know (laughs) you see you give a monkey like a shiny object and they're like oh what is this and I'm gonna play with it but now what we're realizing things kind of can get out of hand and then you have people who come in like marketing people and like companies making money on it and then it kind of grows and gets out of control and people are like well actually can we please refocus on what things actually are yeah and there's a lot more there than just spicy taco flavoring right So I kind of think that's where we are with society right now is now they've put sombreros on everybody for Cinco de Mayo and Mexican people are like, hey, there's a lot, there's more to this story than you guys doing spicy taco and using it as like a, as a basis for a Cinco de Mayo theme. So anyways, I think that's a good place to be. It doesn't need to be uncomfortable. When somebody calls out your ignorance, I think it should be used as a, like a wake up call. And saying like, oh, wait, what can I learn here? How can I learn more about it? And And there's similarities too with Irish coffee. I found a lot of similarities, especially between St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo. Oh. So what is Cinco de Mayo exactly? It's about getting drunk. Is that accurate? Completely. Awesome. if If the beer companies... That's what they want you to think. It's Mexican St. So, Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's um, so. Yeah. So Cinco de Mayo became really Americanized, like white Americanized, I should say, because Mexican Americans have a really interesting history here in this country too. So yeah. So Cinco de Mayo became the like quote unquote holiday that it is today. 1980s again. Oh, always the 80s. Hmm. What a fucking terrible decade. Can I just say? <laughs> Everything shitty happened in the 80s. And we're all just kind of recovering from it. It's mm. like the 80s marketers learned how to make espresso with advertising and culture. They're like, let's just condense everything down into like 
the smallest possible unit. That'll make us the most amount of yeah. money. And make it bite yeah. size. <laughs> yeah, so there it's was like, analogy. so I all, every source that I looked at, like which beer company was it that popularized Cinco de Mayo? Every single source I saw had a different beer company. Hmm. Um, for my research today, I tried to get some Mexican-American scholarly articles that were written. So one of those people said that it was the Coors Beer Company. They had some issues with their in, their Mexican immigrant employees. And as a part of unfair labor practices, mm. they donated a bunch of money, like a ton of money, like $350 million wow. um, to Latino nonprofits. I don't know. The whole thing was, it was just like a little blurb in this paper I was reading. But somehow they also decided, let's start marketing our beer to Mexican people. So that all kind of happened around the same time. But also, I guess, Corona and like Anheuser-Busch, they were also in the 80s. So I don't know if maybe Core started it and they all jumped on the bandwagon at the same time. Also, like Mexican-Americans were becoming a marketing segment that companies were starting to care about in the mm-hmm. 80s. So mm-hmm. they started this Cinco de Mayo marketing to market to Mexican-Americans, and it kind of took off for everybody. Uh, like, oh, hey, there's a lot of those guys here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So that's how we ended up with the the bastardized version of Cinco de Mayo that we have today. Thank you, beer companies. And then it just kind of really took off in a really uh, gross sort of way with stereotypes of sombreros and you know, ponchos and, I don't know, all of it, just inauthentic forms of Mexican culture. I just imagine some beer executives somewhere being like, let's give these guys a holiday. Yeah. And we'll sell them beer. Basically. Right. What's a slow sales day for us? I don't know. May? Well, okay. Cinco de Mayo. Fuck yeah. Okay, so I will say that, that the beer companies did not come up with Cinco de Mayo. I was actually really surprised to learn the interesting history of Cinco de Mayo. So like most ignorant white people in America, I thought Cinco de Mayo was Mexican Independence Day up until like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about what it actually is, though. Well, that was actually my experience, too. So the history of Cinco de Mayo actually has like a really powerful meaning behind it. Let's go way back to the days of colonization. First of all, I did not realize how big Mexico was <laughs> originally. It went all the way up, like California, Utah, like parts of Nebraska, Oklahoma, like so much of the United States was Mexico. I know that like Texas used to be in like New Mexico and along there, right. California, but I didn't realize it went that far north. So once upon a time, that was all Mexico. So Mexico was conquered 1500s by the Spanish. The Aztec were the rulers of Mexico, basically. And then Spanish, the Spanish came along, those fuckers came along, colonized the conquistadors. <gasps> yes. I love the word conquistador, but I don't love conquistadors. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fun word, not fun people. So they came along, you know, they did their thing. They conquered Mexico. And then 1800s, it was like 300 years they dealt with their shit. And then they were like, all right, Spaniards, you got to go. Mm-hmm. So there was um, a lot of people, haciendas. And I always thought hacienda was like a house or something. But it turns out hacienda is more like a, like a farm Kind of like we were talking about in Ireland with the indentured servants. It's kind of in the farmers who are farming the Lord's land. It was basically the same concept. So here in Mexico, you had these haciendas. 
And they had um, obviously Spanish people, but a lot of native Mexican people as well. So they're stuck working these plots of land. Economically, they're kept down. They'll never own their own land. So they're basically working to support the landowner and barely surviving. So basically everybody got pissed. And it started out as just a small movement, but it really grew. So you had like the workers, the indigenous people, people who are both Spanish and indigenous. They all rose up against the Spanish and then they kicked the Spanish people out. So that was the Mexican independence from Spain. That's like the real celebration in Mexico, September 15th to 16th. And you'll see that around here in Aurora. People People, flags. Oh, hell yeah, they do. It is a huge celebration. People honking, honking horns. so much honking. It is so much fun to live in a community that has so many Mexican people during Spanish independence. It's so fun. So after that happens, Mexico is like, yeah, so, all right, bitches, we are our own country now. And other countries around the world were like, eh, we're having a hard time recognizing you, especially... France, because France had like a pretty good relationship with Spain. They had a all right relationship with the United States. And I mean, all those relationships seemed kind of strained. They were like, well, we don't like you, but we're going to like you because we got to work together economically, uh-huh. whatever. And so um, countries that have been colonized, they and then the colonizers leave. They win their independence back. It's kind of like a fucked up system. You can see it a lot in Africa right now too because they've been so recently decolonized in Africa that we're really seeing those after effects right now. And so Mexico was really destabilized after the Spaniards took off because like their indigenous culture that was before the colonizers came, mm-hmm. that's been wiped out. And right. so now they're left with this like European style of leadership, but it doesn't really fit with like their roots. So it's almost of, like an identity crisis. It yeah. feels like. I mean, our culture and our people, generations have been lost, and then we're left here with like a government structure and system in place, and maybe nobody really knows how to run it. That's exactly what it is. Like, people, it's not native. And so you can see in the United States, so the United States, I feel like, didn't really suffer that much economic strife after we kicked Britain out because we had already killed all the fucking natives and like pushed them off into these small little lands and it already oppressed all the natives. So it wasn't the natives fighting back against the British. It was basically the British fighting back against the British. Right. So it was also like the wealthy elite that were like, you know, we're not going to pay other wealthy elite. Yeah, exactly. Like we're going to create the system that benefits us here in America and not the wealthy elite in England. Right, and so that's exactly. where they created it. And then I imagine them like dropping that in Mexico, being like, okay, here's how the system that benefits your wealthy elite. <laughs> right. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so in Mexico, they, they it was like a lot of turmoil because now they're trying to figure out how do we do this thing. Um, and they've kicked all those people out and they've got some. So they're just trying to figure it out. There was like a lot of banditry. Things were just kind of the Wild West. But like, European countries still had interests in Mm. Mexico. And so they were then targeted by criminals. And so criminals would like go in and destroy a business. So there was like this war called the pastry war. A French pastry chef had his shit destroyed. And then he was like, well, Mexico, you now need to pay me. And Mexico was like, fuck you, man. And so he went back to France and was like, hey, man, these bandits destroyed my shit. And Mexico is not doing anything about it. What are you going to do about it? And so then France came back and was like, dude, pay. And they were like, no. And they're like, well, we're going to fight you then. So that was the first little skirmish between France and Mexico. And that was with Napoleon Bonaparte. 
he was the one who went into Mexico and was fighting them over that. Mm. And but that was not the last one. So that was the first one. That kind of sets the stage of like how the relations are between France and Mexico. Mm. So then there after that there was the the Mexican American War. America basically fucking crushed Mexico and took half their land. Never forget the Alamo. I forgot the Alamo. I forgot the Alamo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God I'm here. (laughs) Are you going to tell us? Are you going to remind us of the Alamo? Uh, Did you also forget about the Alamo? I mean, there was a battle. You remembered it. And I'm pretty sure it was like America versus Mexico. And the U.S. won, right? Yeah. Boom. We remembered the Alamo. Alamo. Yeah. Well, so. that was not that is not significant to this story. Maybe it's <laughs> <laughs> so like there's this war. Um, the United States like defeats Mexico really easily. I mean, France coming in to like try to start a war with Mexico, it's a little bit harder because you know they're coming across a huge ocean and they got to come into ports and Mexico can stop them. The United States and Mexico. I mean, it's there's land borders it's really easy to fight and it was really easy for them to crush mexico and it took just a few months Uh. so what happened after that happened it was fucking mexico and guess where there were people living fucking mexicans and now all of a sudden they're no longer in mexico (laughs) they are now in america Uh. so this is not something i even thought about so here i am ignorant american i was like the Western United States were just completely empty. And right. the United States went along and took them. Right. There were some Native American people in Oklahoma, South Dakota, North Dakota. We gave them, I shouldn't say oh gay. <laughs> we pushed them into these reservations. And the rest of the United States was uninhabited. This podcast is going to make me so much less dumb. <laughs> because I'm being pushed into doing research outside of what I was taught in school. Yeah, yeah. And I can... I've only been taught what I've been taught in school. Right. So thank goodness for this podcast because I want to be informed and I want to understand all sides to these things. So, And if you like being informed, please consider subscribing <laughs> to our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash no bad reviews pod. Anyways. Wait, this is really interesting though because this is something that I never thought about either. Mm-hmm. That it, it was Mexico and then it wasn't anymore. And yeah. so then who are you if you were... Mexican. Well, you can imagine that the Mexicans living in the United States were kind of salty about this. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, so they're like, well, fuck. Okay, but they still have their Mexican communities, their Mexican cultures, their Mexican trade, Mexican food. Everything is still Mexican. But now they're like foreigners on their own land. So, I mean, it's really kind of... I think that that's going back potentially hundreds of years, like generations of people that have been on that land as Mexicans. That's crazy. Yeah. So there's another issue, France and Mexico again. The nephew of Napoleon Bonaparte, Napoleon III, decided he was going to take Mexico. So Spain is gone. They lost their war with the United States. And then France just decides it's time for us to take over Mexico. So Mexico's here. They're like, we're our own country. Things may be kind of fucked up right now because you fucking colonizing bastards like destroyed us. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna we're working hard to try to figure this out. But you see this nowadays, or we've seen it in recent history too, this attitude of othering or you guys are lower class than us Europeans. And so everybody in the world was like, okay, Mexico. Yeah, you won against Spain, but like maybe you guys were lucky or, you know, maybe Spain let you go. Maybe that's what Spain was saying. They just had a really poor opinion of Mexico. When I was reading about it, I almost felt a little bit of like how Putin was like to Ukraine was Mm. like, 
you should be ours. I mean, there's obviously a different history there, but like that kind of attitude of... And, and Napoleon was probably like, oh, the people are going to welcome you with open arms. I don't think he really cared because who gives a shit yeah. what they think? You know, they have something that I want. So Mexico had some debt issues with Europe. Napoleon III decided to invade Mexico on the pretense that Mexico wasn't paying its debts. Hmm. And so he was going to go into Mexico and get the debts. But really it was a pretext to wanting to just conquer Mexico because he felt like there was a power void that he could fill. Hmm. That was like a really big war between Mexico and France. During that war, the French stormed Veracruz and they landed a large force of troops there. They were certain that success would come quickly, but instead, underprepared, not well-trained, poor weapons, the people of Mexico managed to attack and defeat and completely drive the French out during this battle. It lasted just one day. The French retreated. They lost 500 soldiers and less than 100 Mexican people had died. And the French were like, fine, whatever. And it wasn't like a major battle, but the fact was like these small ragtag band of Mexicans were able to stand up against this powerful European force and defeat them. So that happened on Cinco de Mayo. And so these people living in the United States, they heard about this battle and it was like a huge victory for the people of the United States. But like in Mexico, didn't have the same sort of cultural significance. Small battle, yeah. Yeah, it's just a small battle in this larger war against France that lasted like seven years. But in the United Yeah, it lasted a long time. But yeah, in the United States, they were like, hell yeah, go Mexico. Like, viva la Mexico. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And so then they celebrated it. And it just spread throughout the southwestern United States through the Mexican communities. And I wonder if it was tolerated by Americans, too, because Americans weren't really like didn't really like the French either. So it's like, hey, (laughs) you know, hey, fine. Well, you have to think back in like the mid 1800s there really weren't any white settlers out in those parts of the United States yet. So even though the land was a part of the United States and politically a part of the United States, it was still Mexican people living there. There were no white people to complain about the big Mexicans and go to Mayo party. Exactly. Hmm. So anyways, it wasn't like a huge thing, but it was still celebrated. And even up through World War II, they're still celebrating it, but it wasn't big. As generations went on, Mexicans became more integrated into American society. So everything just started to meld a little bit more. And the people who are of Mexican descent, who are now Americans, started developing more of an American identity. And after World War II, a lot of them fought in World War II and were soldiers and were like, I have fought for this country. This country is my fucking country. And But people were still oppressed. And much like black Americans and other immigrant groups, women, Mexican Americans, and other Latino groups were also really oppressed in the United States. And so they come back from World War II and they're like, fuck this. Like, we don't deserve this. We deserve to have equal rights. We deserve to have proper pay. We deserve to not be treated like garbage. And so 1960s, it was termed the Chicano movement. Do you guys, mm, have you heard the term yeah. Chicano? I guess it feels a little dated. It means to be like basically like a Mexican-American activist. Okay. Oh. The Chicano movement really got started in college campuses across the United States. The 1960s, there was a, a group called Metra, 
And mecha stands for a bunch of words in Spanish that I'm not going to attempt to butcher. Mecha is a U.S.-based organization that seeks to promote Chicano unity and empowerment through political action. There's a really great short podcast episode from Code Switch about it. Uh, Mecha, they're really trying to create a real sense of Mexican-American identity. Um, There's a lot of talk about Atslan, which refers to the part of Mexico that was taken by the United States. Mm. That's a really big part of it. Basically, it's we have a right to be in the United States because the United States is our land. We were here first. Their whole thing was community empowerment, teaching people about their history, working to change laws and change attitudes and uh, just get more rights for people of Mexican-American descent. And so Cinco de Mayo has always been kind of small, celebrated, but they really took that and made that like, we can conquer over the Europeans. Mm. And so Cinco de Mayo is really cemented as a part of the Chicano movement, as a part of Mexican culture. Cinco de Mayo really became more celebrated as a way to show power. It's really meant to be like a holiday that celebrates the strength of Mexicans, the ingenuity, the people becoming equal citizens of the United States. And and then, you know, the beer companies are like, well, how can we make a book on this? And then the other companies are like, well, how can we make a book on this? Like, let's just turn it into this big thing. And there's never been any talk at all about how important it is to getting equal rights for Mexicans american in their ancestral home they're like hey that's great how do you feel about nacho cheese (laughs) (laughs) would you buy it exactly it really feels kind of gross the way we celebrate cinco de mayo in the united states now it just feels so disrespectful to the history of what so many people worked so hard for. I just am picturing, again, a Lay's executive who's like, Lay's tortilla chips, or should we call it Tostitos? Right. You know, like, mm. like, oh, God. Well, it's like, okay, let's take Martin Luther King Jr. Day, like, typically a day for reverence and, um, you know, to talk about the civil rights movement and the people who gave their lives or the people who are really hurt and... Uh, to just talk about the oppression of black people in America. Now imagine if a beer company came along and was like, let's start like a Martin Luther King beer and like everybody wear afros. And oh, God. oh boy. Right. So yeah. like that's exactly what's happened yeah. here with Cinco de Mayo. And it's kind of gross when you think about it in this term of something that's very similar but in a different context. It's like the scar tissue of America has had like a hundred more years to, to like scab over. Mm-hmm. We can we can profit off of that a little bit more because it's not as fresh. Well, you know, I feel like what they do is they do it under the guise of celebrating the culture. Right. And I'm not saying don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. I actually think it's a really great thing to celebrate i mean it really meant a lot to a lot of people so yeah i think that it is important to think about mexican culture and to think about the contributions of mexican people to this country and i think it's good to celebrate the mexican people but i don't think it's okay to stereotype and so i mean really thinking about what can you do instead if you want to celebrate cinco de mayo great Go to the Mexican grocery store. Go to the Mexican restaurant. Go support a Mexican-American person. Like, talk about the cultural significance. Don't culturally appropriate. 
I think that's I really, really what's most important idea. about it. Like if you're going to go celebrate Cinco de Mayo, maybe go to a Mexican grocery store and don't buy a Lay's product. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good challenge. It's about respecting the culture. Yeah. And I think that there's ways to respect and support Mexican culture all over the place yeah. in the United States. Yeah. yeah. And you can still get your Tecate. You can still get your, your Corona. And sure. even though that's that's now owned by a European company, it doesn't matter. You well, can give your money to... If you bought it at a Mexican, Mexican grocery, grocery store, store right, sure. You can still support a local Hispanic community with yeah, your purchase. Put in a little bit of effort to right. like actually support Mexican-Americans. Love it. Great point. Yeah. yeah. I hope that everybody learned something about Cinco de Mayo because it is not talked about enough in the United States. There is still so much Mexican racism and oppression in the United States. This could be looked at as an opportunity to learn something, share something, and be more involved in your community. And if you're into meat too um <laughs> i will say most hispanic grocery stores that i've been to the butcher shop that's yeah. like the best part of the grocery yeah. store mm-hmm. like yeah yeah so you will not be disappointed if you go yeah this has been really interesting thank you jenny i um thinking about the mexican people who are kind of stranded here mm-hmm. is something that i cannot believe has never crossed my mind that's before or been discussed or right. and then i'm also kind of surprised to hear about this Big movement in the 60s. Uh-huh. I mean, you hear so much about the women's rights movements and the civil rights movement and the anti-war movement of the time. And this is the, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, the first I'm hearing about a Mexican-American movement oh, for yeah, me too. civil rights. So mm-hmm. this is really, right. yeah, always eye-opening. Yeah. And you know, it almost feels like Mexican-Americans are like an invisible part of our society. Which is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the backbone of the United States are Mexican people, Mexican-Americans, mm-hmm. you know, other Hispanic, Latino um, immigrant groups, but so the majority of it's Mexican. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just, it's astonishing to me that they're not a more prominent, visible, celebrated part of our of our country we've worked very hard to not celebrate them yeah i mean to just ignore their existence completely yeah as much as possible absolutely yeah Yeah. it's almost like you know in downton abbey i don't know if you watch that show but all the servants lived in the basement Mm -hmm. and like out of sight out of mind Mm -hmm. that's almost what it feels like with mexican americans and i'm not saying that mexican americans only like do the manual labor of the united states i know like Mexican-Americans do much more than that in all realms of the United States. But I think that those are the people who are hidden away. Mm -hmm. And so many of the people that are hidden away are of Mexican-American descent. Um, I'm glad that we can, through the lens of spicy taco coffee, (laughs) cast a light on, you know, this, I mean, have this conversation, really, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously, thank you. To all of the Mexican-Americans in our country and for all that you do for us. And I'm sorry that you're not given more credit than what you deserve. Oh, uh, we're going so, to so we're going to, to a coffee that's in no way related to... to well, <laughs> so I just want to say that I do think that this juxtaposition is perfect. Like a 
perfect <laughs> example of like the stereotypes that Mexican Americans are struggling against. Mm-hmm. And so I feel weird and a little awkward <laughs> having spicy taco coffee. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I feel really like called out by myself. <laughs> <laughs> we are part of the problem today. <laughs> exactly. We are. But, you know, I think it's good for us to kind of show, like, this side-by-side of, like, Mexican culture versus what Americans think Mexican culture is, uh-huh. right? So we're going to kind of exemplify that so, in this episode well, by I'd being... I'd like to clarify that distinction there, A little too. ignorant. There's Mexican culture, and then there's Mexican culture productized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like... For sale. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And so. But it's the American version. Because yeah. like if we wanted an actual Mexican <laughs> right. cultural coffee, this is not what we'd instant. be choosing. <laughs> yeah. It would probably be Nescafe, but. Oh, we <laughs> should go get Cafe Con Leche somewhere. That's mm. what we really should do. Let's just forget about the spicy taco Okay. Spicy coffee. taco, you're right. in the garbage. No, right. sorry, Megan. We have to do it because you gave it to us. Yeah. But this was really the only. It's I'm, a conduit though for, for the conversation. And so, um, you know, I'm glad, Jenny, thank you for doing the research. And and um, I am curious to find out what yeah. about the company. I'm glad it would be so great if this was like a minority-owned, like Hispanic business. I, I, I don't they know. Were like they're like yes. This sorry, is our Just said sorry already. All right. Well, lower they're your come full circle, and they're like, ha ha ha, we got you. And this, we I know d- what the white people want. <laughs> I just want to say that this label could not be more stereotypical. It even has a sombrero <laughs> on it. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm glad we can use our American ignorance to sh- to bring light to our American ignorance. That's Yay. what that's what this is. It's meta AF. There you go. <laughs> and then in true Midwestern fashion, we're not going to say anything bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph, let's hear what you got to say about the coffee. All right. So, hmm, yeah, not Mexican at all. Not minority owned as best I know. I um, had a really hard time finding information about the company. And the information I did find, I couldn't back it up anywhere else. So... Everything is sort of allegedly here in this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, With the packaging like that, though, I can't imagine them to be too litigious. Yeah, and they. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely has small business vibes. Yes. Well, it's not that small. Oh, okay. Um, but it's pretty small. It's the company we got this coffee from is called Coffee AM. And their website says they were founded in 1993. Okay. Okay. The owners, I believe, are Brian and Miranda Lunsford. Lunsford is not a Mexican name. Um, but I don't know anything about them. Brian, I believe Brian is still the CEO and Miranda is the chief information officer. Mm. Um, I don't know if they're married or brother and sister or what. If the company was really founded in 1993... Then Brian and Miranda were still in high school when they founded the company. Oh, okay. They would have been like 17 and 19 or 16 and 18 in 1993. Maybe their brother and sister? Maybe. Could have been started by a parent? Inherited in his wife? No. Um, Anyways. I don't. The information I found was that Brian and Miranda Lunsford purchased a coffee company 
called Arabica International. It was an Atlanta company. Mm. Coffee AM is from Canton, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. It was um, it was an ailing mail order coffee company. Can you imagine in like 1993 having like a mail order like specialty coffee company? It started out as a single origin coffee company hmm. huh. in 1993, or at least if that information is inaccurate, by 1999. Yeah. Wow. It was being operated in 1998, I guess. They purchased Arabica International for $800,000. They what? were 22 and 24 years old. Wow. So, how did they get that money? So, yeah. They had to be, I wonder if they were brother Leveraged and sister. And like inherited money Maybe. or something. Yeah. I, I couldn't find any. I'm very curious and couldn't mm-hmm. find any information. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but as far as I know, they're still running the company in Canton, Georgia. I looked at the picture on Google Street Views. They are definitely roasting coffee there. Yay. I was so happy to see huh. that good. there was like extra electric <laughs> and an obvious like air filtration system and a bunch of chimneys. So that's great. The company has... 50 Yelp reviews, and they are all either five-star or one-star. There's zero <laughs> middle ground at all. Love it or hate it. Zero. Like, this company is amazing. I've been buying my coffee there for 10 years. The customer service is awesome. Or the product is shit. The customer service is awful. Like, there is just no... It's no so in weird. Yeah, I read, like, wow. all 50 reviews. Polarizing. <laughs> so strange. Um, depending on... Who you believe. They have either 20 or 32 employees, and they make either $3.6 million in annual revenue or $5.8 million. So that's kind of the range of the size of the company we're wow. talking about. And again, I just couldn't find the same information now, in more than one place. For now, a 20 or 30-year-old company. I don't right, understand right. Like how these companies... How are there so many companies making over a million dollars? Because they you know, <laughs> just give 20 just, or 30 years Yeah, that's true. Growth. That's, that's true. all. That's true. I, you know? I it takes time. Right. Some of the information I found was in like some kind of business publication where they were talking about trying to go public and trying to get investments from other people. So again, this is a company unlike you guys who aren't starting out with their own personal credit card debt and making it work. They're bigger because they started bigger. Mm, that's true. Because they owe more. Yeah, had we had eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars to buy an already going coffee company. Right. That's right, true. Right. Right. So they did start out as a single origin company, and they are still selling a ton of single origin coffee. They have um, one page on their website that is specifically single origin direct trade. They have 31 single origin coffees available for purchase on their website. Wow. Eight single origin decaf. They have one that I... That's a lot of single origin decafs. They have one that I wrote down because I thought it was interesting, an India Malabar. Hmm called Monsooned Voyage. Mm-hmm. In the 1600s, coffee would be stranded on a ship for like six months at a time, traveling from India to Europe, and it would ferment. Huh. It would be swollen, yellowed, and sweetly fermented. Hmm. So with this India Malabar coffee, those conditions are recreated with a 16-week wet process method. Interesting. I've heard of Monsoon Malabar, like it's coffee that you can buy. Okay. And then knowing what I know about Blue Mountain Malabars where Baba Budan's. Oh, like, oh yeah, that's farm. where I heard that. Yep. Yeah. I was trying to place started. that. So 
interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of the Yemen coffee, too. But I didn't know what monsoon was. I always thought it was like a brand or something like mm. that. I didn't know it was a process. So yeah, I guess That's pretty so. cool. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. They also have a Hawaiian Kona coffee that they're selling for $75 a pound roasted. Neat. Wow. Right. And a Jamaican Blue Mountain available currently hmm. $65 a pound. Wow. I mean, that sounds about the right price range. It's on the low end, but yeah. They also sell green coffee. They have 41 varieties of green coffee that you wow. can purchase online, including the Jamaica Blue Mountain. Hmm. Hmm. If you'd like to roast some more, Marcus. I wonder how much yeah. they're selling it for. I will tell you how much they're huh. selling it for. Do the math on this. Okay. One pound for fifty dollars. Mm. What green? Green, or five pounds for two hundred and eighty dollars. That's more. <laughs> I, I was like, I hope you leave in that pause of us all trying to. Wait, what? <laughs> I put them both in my cart. Uh, like I was like, is it really going to charge me less if I put five one pound bags yeah. in? Yeah, it, it does. does. Of course. <laughs> so naturally. All right. Okay. So for people out there who couldn't get a, a hold of the modest Blue Mountain coffee and want to order some, apparently they have it at the low, low cost of fifty dollars a pound. Fifty dollars a pound green. Green. Sixty-five dollars a pound roasted. Yeah. Um. Or I just want to start selling green. Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee now. Like, don't even go through the effort of roasting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can sell it's it for that much. Price yeah. as roasted. Right. Or $56 a pound if you want to buy a five pound bag. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Just paying for convenience. Yeah. <laughs> You're paying to have it all in one large giant right. bag instead of like nicely portioned out into yeah. one pound exactly. at a time. Exactly. Like, who wants to open up all those bags? We're really saving you time. <laughs> That's what that. That's what that thirty bucks is for. A sixty dollar premium, or I mean, a six dollar premium. Time is per money, bag. people. Um, they do sell some K cups. They have fourteen varieties in K cups, which isn't much considering when you talk about their flavored coffees. They have a hundred and thirty varieties. Damn. So I'm pleased that the K cups are not like their big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, I mean, they're not another thing. trillion. Good. Um. So even though they started out. As a single origin company, the flavored coffees, for some reason, have really... I mean, I don't know what they're selling more of, but they sure do have a lot more flavored coffees available sure on do. their right. website. So 130 flavors, all the flavors you would expect to find. The vanillas, the hazelnuts, the vanilla hazelnuts, the coconuts, the vanilla coconuts, the hazelnut coconuts, <laughs> all of those. Yes. Um, they do have a maple bacon. Ooh. And it is the only one that's like maple bacon trademark. Hmm. So, like, that particular flavored oil is, hmm. I don't know, somebody, somebody's right. really serious about claiming ownership of maple bacon flavoring, Ooh. apparently. Um, when you look at the website, the labels all look the same. But I guess if you, cho- you can personalize any label, and I guess if you choose the personalization, like your friend Megan did here, hmm. you get a much prettier label oh it's not like their generic label with the personalization it's the one with the sombrero and the taco (laughs) with the personalization Mm. um with regards to this particular coffee spicy taco i've been so anxious to tell you guys this in addition to what you would presume would be the flavorings chili powder and cumin or whatever Mm -hmm. beef flavor is also 
Are you in the coffee? Fucking with me right now? Because it's got to taste like a taco, Jenny. No, there is beef (sighs) and taco seasonings. I am so actually much. They're really committed to this, Mm -hmm. and I like that. Yeah, I feel. I mean, okay, how much different could it be from bacon? Right. There was no, as far as I could tell, though, there was no bacon flavor, actual bacon in there. Remember, like they would have said contains pork. Of course, you'd be excited to tell me that. Fuck yeah. I'm way more excited about this coffee now. It, I'm more excited too because it's like, inter- it's more interesting. Yeah. I can't imagine what this is going to taste like. Right. I could imagine it if it was coffee with chili powder. Right. Oh my God. So yeah. wait, let me break Lame this down. is what it would have tasted like. <laughs> but now. I have it's to, really intriguing. Yeah. I have to break this down because my brain won't compute. <laughs> so what they did was they took coffee beans. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they took Brazilian beans. It doesn't, they're real specific in probably. all their other coffees. But when it comes to the flavored coffees, no country of origin. Right. So, and, yes, they took the Brazilian beans. And they were like, took artificial beef flavor. Mm-hmm. No, co- no cows were harmed in the making of this coffee. Oh, so well, this is like an impossible excited. burger. <laughs> so what we're about to eat is an impossible oh. burger. <laughs> impossible taco. <laughs> the impossible taco coffee. Although, I'm, yeah, now it's like, you know, I thought that they were adding like beef bouillon or something like that mm. to this. Like a, like a condensed beef f- extract, you know? Yeah. But now it's, it's just, just a flavor. Beef flavor. It's just a flavor. They're all just a flavor? flavor. What is beef? What is artificial beef flavor? Ask a vegan. <laughs> mushroom adaptogenic is this adaptogenic yes uh, i'm sure it's a health food it's a ve- it's vegan so therefore it's a health food we're literally just brewing micro- microplastics i am horrified <laughs> i uh this is i don't know this or cheese flavored coffee that we have for a future episode that's a little that's a little sneak peek we also have cheese flavored coffee out there I think on the label it says, like, made with real cheese. Yeah, that one's going to be special. Yeah. That one's going to be real fucking special. I'm sorry, but artificial beef flavor. I have a real issue with fake meat. I have a real mental block with fake meat. It was hard. This this is a cockroach (laughs) for me. This is a cockroach coffee. It was hard (laughs) to work with you this week and not talk Uh, about the beef flavoring. I've been so anxious. It's a good thing I had that dental surgery and was trying to avoid everybody all week. I really did you a favor. Oh, my God. So excited. So excited. You were just as evil as Megan. Mm. Megan for sending this and you for delighting in it. (laughs) You know what, though? I am here for a good time. I'm here to learn something. I could have stopped at the learning I've already done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but now I'm about to find out what artificial beef-flavored coffee is going to taste like. Not something I needed to ever learn, but I'm going to. Can we? I, I'm going to give it no bad review. So far, I'm not giving it a bad review. Yes. Shall we brew some coffee? See. Si. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality, single-origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip-pip-cheerio!
Can we open it? Can we do the olfactory well, reveal? Did anybody smell it? I smelled it. <sighs> You're nodding in a way that makes me not want to smell it. <laughs> it doesn't smell beefy. This actually, you're right. You're it, right too, though. It doesn't smell <laughs> as taco-y as I remember the first time. When it first arrived, it smelled very taco, like taco seasoning. Oh, you can hear in the background the sound <laughs> of the water heating up. Yeah. Yeah, it does have the taco seasoning <sighs> smell, but also it has like a sweet smell under it that is like the cherry almond flavoring that we end up with in every single flavored coffee for some reason. I bet that's supposed to be the beef. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> no, it makes no sense. That's the only thing I can think of. They were like, what is red? <laughs> what does red flesh of a cow smell like? I'm, I still think that paprika has got a sweet Smell this did you smell this yet though? Uh -huh. It does have like that cherry smell that stuff's mm. talking about. Here, you gotta smell. <sighs> I mean, this definitely could have been like heavier on the <clears throat> cumin. Yeah, it doesn't quite have that alcoholic burn. It does have that sweet cherry smell to it. I, I do not plan on brewing very much of this, and I am <laughs> not brewing it through the coffee maker. I am brewing it in a ceramic pour over into a ceramic vessel because. I do not want this smell tainting any of our coffee stuff. <sighs> it's got a, it's got a smell it to it. Yeah, there is a fucking sombrero on here. There sure is. Um, I just um refreshed my memory about the Alamo, and I have a clarification already. Oh, it's good to just get it out of the way. I think. Why so wait for the next episode? You remembered the Alamo. I, um, I remembered that the Alamo existed as a. As a thing. I just didn't remember the meaning, the yeah. actual story. So Texas was still part of Mexico at the time. And Americans had moved to Texas and they didn't like the Mexican leader. And they attempted to gain independence for Texas oh. by fighting against Mexican soldiers for Texan independence as... I'm, like it was American citizens who had come down. It wasn't like the people who had been living in Texas all yeah. those years. Oh. And the Mexicans won and killed all the Texans in the Battle of the Alamo. That's why it's so important for Americans to remember it, because Americans died. So I've, I'm starting right, to feel like the Mexican army is like does not fuck around. Yeah, like, uh, they, they are like undefeated. <laughs> Scrappy as fuck. For real. Because like they defeated the Spanish. Mm -hmm. They defeated the French twice. I mean, America, the United States did steal half their country. Yeah. So that was shitty. But but they were able to hang on to Texas against just the Texans, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, they, there's, they fucked them up in the Battle of the Alamo, but now they're, you know, a country and seeming, I mean, they have some issues, but what country doesn't have issues, yeah. Yeah. right? All right, guys. We're Spicy taco coffee is brewed. It's brewed. I'm thinking it's of my ready. friend who, she's half Polish and half Mexican, and uh, she calls herself the Polaco Taco. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love that. I wish we had some clutch keys right now to take away the taste <laughs> of this coffee. I want to. I like, haven't even tasted it yet, and I'm already looking for like a chaser. Oh god! Yeah, we don't have tequila to put in it. 
I mean, it's just going to have to be some of this Japanese whiskey. What are we going to uh, do? That's do you have the tequila? opportunity? No. I kept saying we should have bought some Don Julio. Uh, you I did s- not keep saying that because if you kept saying that, I would have said, grab Sorry. some Don Julio. I didn't say it audibly. Okay. <laughs> my, my mistake. <laughs> I thought about tequila a couple days ago and then I forgot. Oh, man. It's all right. We It's probably going to be so good that we don't even need to doctor it up with anything. It'll be delicious black, and it won't matter, right? My mouth is already filling up with saliva. Because you're like, about to vomit? Like, not wanting to, yeah. Like, that, like, that, you know when you get the dry heaves and your, like, your mouth, like, starts watering? <laughs> like, that's how it feels right now. I only, I brewed, I did not brew a full pot. I brewed a small pot. With the expectation that a small amount for each of us would be all we needed to give a no bad review. I'm excited to try this coffee. Yeah, of course you, you are. I'm excited <laughs> for you. Let's get into it. I love how we're completely opposite stuff. It smells way fruitier than it should for a taco. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's like a cherry taco. Mm. Oh, gosh. That's really different. What is <laughs> happening here? I don't even know what's happening here. It smells more like a taco in the cup, definitely. Yeah. It, I'm not getting as much of that fruity flavor. I'm definitely smelling, or aroma rather. I'm yeah. definitely getting taco seasoning. But I get the fruit flavor too. I'm getting the, I am getting Jim Beam coffee mixed with taco seasoning. That's so weird. You nailed it. Have you guys fruit and taco? Have you guys tasted it yet? I haven't. <gasps> I haven't. You know, maybe that's what it is. It's like the, you know, like um, have you ever seen those? Those chili coated mangoes, or like oh yeah, I love those. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what this. Maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe this is intentional, guys. It's like chili fruit. That is a sour face. Now you know though, it's like a sour mixed with depression face. <laughs> I always liked like a really hot, like hot sauce on my breakfast sandwich, mm, and so like that mm-hmm. spicy mm-hmm. feeling, and then drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. So I always liked the combination of like hot mouth and coffee. I wonder if this is going to be spicy like that. I hope it's at least a little bit spicy. So you know how when you're a kid and your parents are like, you have to eat your entire plate before you're allowed to get up from the dinner table? And so what you do is you pretend to take a bite and then you feed it to the dog under the table instead. Am I allowed to do that right now? (laughs) No. Can I just pretend to take a sip? Jenny, this whole podcast was your idea. Why? I quit. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm no. calling in sick. Oh, gosh. You know what, you guys? I'm sorry. I got to call in sick today. Do you mind? Do oh, you my mind tooth if- is hurting. My oral surgeon is calling? No. <laughs> this, and, and this is not a bad review, um, but this may be the single worst coffee that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Okay, that you got to turn that frown around. Okay, I got to get a picture of Steph's face when she tries it. That's weird. <laughs> it's got a little kick to it. It is a tiny bit spicy. It is a tiny bit fruity. I would say the beef is the least of your worries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm maybe I'm getting a hint of beef, but not i mean it's not a noticeable <laughs> flavor really compared to the others can we please put that on a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> all right i am trying so hard to bring the cup to my face i don't think this is bad oh my god stuff you mean, know it's what weird i quit and you're fired <laughs> <laughs> 
weird, and it's not something I would choose to drink. <laughs> but we've had plenty of coffees where the flavor was really, like, off-putting. I'm not finding it off. Like, it's just kind of weird. Maybe it's because I brewed it as a pour-over. <laughs> You saved this coffee. I'm sh- I, like I'm speechless. I'm, I, for sure, I thought that you and I would be on the same page. I, and we you were going to be are, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. You're going to be like, oh yeah, it's horrible. Mm. All right, I'm wow. going to be. Let's see what I think. I'm about to try it. Jenny's going to fucking love it. <laughs> it's going to be your favorite coffee. Okay, let me sh- let me just do some self talk here. Right. It's just coffee. It's, it's just, just flavoring coffee. oils. It's just like, it's just some chemicals mixed in with my coffee. It's not actually beef flesh. <laughs> nope. Just do it for the lols. Beef, beef flesh. Do it for the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just try the coffee. I'm trying. I can't. It's like I got so close. Ah! <laughs> There's spice in it. It's actually spicy. It is spicy. Uh, That's what I think makes the, it palatable to me. Oh, God. What? Why? It's burning the back of my throat. Everything How are you going to make this not bad, Jenny? <laughs> I think it would be good with whipped cream, honestly. It feels I think like that a... sweet creaminess would really help. It feels like a firecracker <laughs> in the back of my throat. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting gunpowder in the back of my throat. Remember the Alamo. Remember the fucking Alamo. <laughs> this coffee tastes like 114 dead American soldiers. <laughs> That was your delivery that we were laughing at, <laughs> not the sentiment, of course. Um, the timing, the timing. Right. It's, this coffee makes me want to invade Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to need some cream and sugar for that bad boy, and you're right about the whipped cream. I'll be RB. Hmm. You really think it's that bad? It's, uh, it's like... <laughs> this is why I think I like it. Because normally we get a flavored coffee and it doesn't taste anything like anything, really. And this one tastes like what it says it's going to taste like. I mean, it's lacking a little beef and it's adding a little sweetness, fruitiness, whatever. Right. But it tastes like I get the, like, essence of taco in this cup of coffee. Fine. So kudos to them for pulling that off, I guess. I mean, I think I'll give you that. I think it's only because of the spicy sensation, though. I feel like it's an artificial. And the smell. It smells very taco-y. I feel like it's just, I feel like I would have liked more cumin, more chili powder, mm. more paprika, more garlic, more onion. Where are all those uh, flavors? I don't know if I want garlic and onion in my coffee. <laughs> but if you want a taco coffee, that's what you got to have. Okay. This is like they went for like the essence. Yeah. This is like the LaCroix taco version. And they're in the ballpark. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying it with cream first. Somehow cream toned down the odor. This is cooled down a bit for me. And now I'm getting some more like astringency, which is not bad. What I'm seeing happen is that the taco part is toning down. The sweetness is coming out. I feel like it's like pop rocks, but (laughs) without the fun crackling. And I love pop rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe that's the astringency that I'm tasting because it's like, I feel like my whole mouth is like so dry that it's like, you know, I like gin. I like dry wines. It's like a a weird dryness to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, that's okay. That's not bad. <laughs> this one is testing my commitment to an alcohol-free lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> I 
do like how the aftertaste, it's like a companion. It just kind of sticks with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does really stick with you. Mm -hmm. Yes. It does. It does. It's like, it really wants to... It, you, it wants to be remembered. Mm-hmm. They should have just called this Remember the Alamo. <laughs> they should have. Yeah. <laughs> unforgettable coffee. It is absolutely unforgettable. Oh, look at you guys with all your good reviews. These are not good reviews. Let's be clear. <laughs> I am saying with enough cream and sugar, though, it is, it's working. I expected it to curdle a little bit, the milk, just instantly curdle mm-hmm. when they hit the coffee, but it didn't, so that's a good sign. So maybe is it is it cheesy? Is it like cheese on your taco? Ugh, God, don't even remind me that that coffee exists. Maybe we should mix the two. Fuck no. Yeah. Oh, the perfect. Cheese taco. <laughs> Cheesy taco. This is not like cheese on tacos. <laughs> this is like bringing out the sweet cherry flavor. What is up with the sweet cherry flavor you know what i think they were trying to do i think they were trying to take a spicy taco and make it good like a spicy taco coffee and make it good and they're like you know what? if we actually added taco seasoning to a coffee it would not actually be good like straight up garlic onion like real taco seasoning in a coffee Mm -hmm. so they're like we're gonna make taco spicy taco inspired coffee Mm -hmm. i think that's what they were going for here because they maybe take themselves seriously perhaps i can only guess that they're taking themselves seriously because this coffee doesn't feel like they were trying to make a joke right it seems like they're trying to make a palatable coffee somehow in spite of the label (laughs) yes it doesn't seem like a joke right exactly yeah and i mean you know the ratios and the, of the flavor oil were accurate i mean it's not like it was over or under it was pretty well done so you know execute well executed yeah you know i'll give them that two <laughs> i had to do a shot of whipped cream to the mouth oh that's my chaser today oh there you go there you go all right I added more sugar and I added whipped cream. Not too bad, actually. With enough cream, Steph's <laughs> cup is fucking empty it's right empty. now. <sighs> I drank it all. Well, I have added whiskey. Well, you can take that back home, stuff and enjoy it all week long. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really fun to drink for the novelty of it. I don't know that I would intentionally make another cup, although maybe, you know what I'll do? Maybe I'll make some and just like bring it to Jason in bed tomorrow morning. <laughs> coffee and not even warning. Oh, yeah. Ooh, good Here. thing that we're like nine days delayed too on production of the, each episode, so he won't even know. You've got a long time to pull this off. Does he Here. even know what we're doing today? I'm sharing my whiskey with a little bit of sugar coffee. Oh. It's not bad. It's delicious. No. Would you call it del- Are you actually saying it's delicious? It's really good. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's, for me, spicy taco coffee is... I give this a no bad review with a generous amount of sugar, generous amount of cream, generous amount of whipped cream. And where I've gotten now is I don't really have any of that like taco-y flavor. I have the sweet cherry, whatever that is. And then I have that little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. Just to, It's just now that spice has been tamped down, mm-hmm. but it's still there a little bit to make it an interesting physical experience <laughs> to my throat it's fun well the, the spicy whiskey, taco coffee is fun the whiskey definitely kicks it up a notch and it kind of 
it overpowers a lot of the like things I didn't like about it. Mm. Um, and so with the astringency and the whiskey and a little bit of sweetness, I agree. I think it's like a, it's like a fun little little celebration in a cup. <laughs> yeah. So I drank most of mine black. I added some whipped cream and I tasted Marcus's with whiskey. I'm I'm kind of happy all the ways. I think I think it's like a weird fun coffee i think if you are intrigued by the idea of like a spicy coffee i don't think this is bad if i (laughs) i had to right like if i wanted to be a good a good guest at a party and somebody's like here's my favorite coffee right right i want to share with you this spicy taco coffee i got in georgia i love it (laughs) i can find a way to get there with the right concoction of Mm -hmm. Of whiskey. So. Jenny's on like her fifth shot to the mouth of whipped cream. I feel like that's the only way to I'm get I'm just trying to dull that like spice in the back of my throat. It really does hang out, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So who's this coffee for? Oh, boy. It's for Steph. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only person on the face of this planet I can think this coffee might be for. I don't know. If I like it, other people will like it. I mean, it is something that exists. I just feel like if you're adventurous and want to try something unusual, I don't know. I just don't think it's bad. I think everyone would like this coffee. I don't yeah. know what's wrong with you guys. That's fine. You know what? <laughs> you really think everybody would love this coffee? <sighs> with its with its impossible burger flavoring oil? Did you get beef flavoring from this coffee? I got no beef. No. But I've never had an impossible burger, so I don't know if that has beef flavoring either. Mm. I got no beef with this coffee. <laughs> Where's the beef? That's what I want to know. Oh, yeah, I think this is for anyone who um, wants to try a spicy coffee. I think it's not offensive. Okay. Steph, you had a great romantic thought that anybody <laughs> would like this coffee. I, I don't even really want to finish this, um, but that's not to say it's bad. I just may not be the right market for who this is for so so who this is for is not marcus uh, not me um (laughs) maybe people that like like a novelty drink definitely a novelty coffee it's not an everyday coffee nobody's suggesting that even me right you really have to be into like novel shit you know what i think it's for that person who would slam the worm at the bottom of the tequila bottle oh yeah i'd totally do that oh yeah. there you go that's it nailed it <laughs> um it's for me and a bunch of crazy spring breakers yeah. cool yeah all awesome. right well that's our episode yeah that's our episode thanks everybody for listening um, I just want to encourage you to do celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but celebrate it by celebrating Mexican-American culture. That's what I would say. Um, the, the battle may not have been a big deal to the war of France and Mexico, but it was a big deal to the Mexican-Americans who lost their statehood in, after the war of Mexico and the U.S., If you like this episode and you want to hear more episodes from us, you can follow us on Patreon where we give our unfiltered love it or leave it reviews of varying items that we feel like doing. So today we are testing out uh, Mexican brand snack cakes. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at No Bad Reviews Pod. If you have an idea, 
send an email to hello and no bad reviews podcast.com. If you have a crazy coffee that you want to send us like Megan did. Thanks, Megan. Just uh, Google Modest Coffee's address and you can send anything you want there. We'll take it. <laughs> if you send it to us, we will feel 100% obligated to try it. So there's <laughs> Or no. don't. Or don't. You know, you don't Marcus have to Marcus says, or don't. You know, that's fine. If you don't want to, you're busy. You got a, bu- you got a busy lifestyle. <laughs> After this coffee, Marcus says, we're no longer accepting donations. <laughs> um, and go ahead and rate and leave us a good review and tell your friends. And I guess that's it. Gracias. Adios. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.